0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the uh, Believe in Duke podcast. By the Bleed networks. I'm Steve Wiseman, a beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer, joined as always by my co host, Sheldon Williams. Sheldon, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, A little bit of a journey day here in Atlanta, but
0: other than that, you know, we're here, right here.
1: (laughs) You guys had some rain, I guess the Braves playoff game that were delayed quite a bit yesterday, right down there in Atlanta. So,
0: right. And I'm not understanding what's going on because when I lived here back in 06, 08, I don't remember it raining this much. And for some reason, for the past year now, it's rained almost every single week. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like that whole rainy month, you know, April showers bring May flowers. Mine are going from April, May, June, July August. Yes, that has not stopped yet, So
1: it's October. That's what's what's right. rain gonna bring, like right, you know, right. November snow or something. I don't exactly, know. Exactly, right? <laughs> but it's good to be with you again as always, as we get um one week closer to uh, the start of the season, uh, November seventh is the f- opener for Duke, and uh, uh, this is our second edition of the of this uh, 22-23 season with John Shire as the head coach. I was at uh, I was in Charlotte yesterday and uh, part of Tuesday at the ACC uh, tip-off event, the uh, media day with all the head coaches and uh, selected players from each team. Duke brought Jeremy Roach and Jacob Grandison uh, and Jacob said he. He didn't mind going by Jake. So maybe it's Jake Grandison. We'll see if it's Jake from State Farm or whatever. But anyway, <laughs> he's an interesting guy. Okay. Good to talk to. <laughs> you, probably, you probably did some of those events in your career, right? You went down to those media events? I did. Uh, I think I did two years.
0: Um, normally, it's the captains that go with uh, Coach K's teams now, which are John Shire's teams. You know, they kind of go down there and, you know, just really just talk to the media and talk to other people you might see around, gonna we play against, you know, eventually, you know, when conference starts and everything. So it was kind of good to kind of see other guys around, but also you kind of looking around kind of sizing up like, yep, I remember last year you got this, or I had a bad game. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's right now, but I got it circled.
0: I got it circled, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. And Carolina, of course, had three players there. They had Armando Baycott, Caleb Love, and R.J. Davis. Everybody else was limited to two players. Carolina brought three. Um, oh, oh it's, okay. You know, that's what they wanted to do, so they okay. they did it.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be number one in the country, right? So uh, I guess they, you know, they did what they, they wanted to do. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to speak too much about that, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see them when they come in, uh,
0: in camera, you know. We'll, we'll see them. That's right. It's, it's camera first this year, right?
1: It's Cameron first and Dean uh, Done the last game. They flip okay. it here every yeah. year. So, all right. that's right. It's on, the, it's on the schedule. So, here we go. <laughs> like I said before, you know, he's like, all right. <laughs> before uh, we get too deep into the uh, episode, I would do want to mention that our podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. We appreciate all their support, uh, uh, supporting the Believe in Duke podcast all year long. Uh, we remind everybody that football is back. And Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag. That's betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure and use the promo code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. We're still a little bit away from games for the Blue Devils, but uh, I do want to mention talking about captains coming to media day. And you were a captain Mm -hmm. uh, two two years, right? Two years, captain? Yeah, okay. Thought so. So, Jeremy Roach is the only captain for this year's Duke team. I think we talked about a little bit last week that he was getting named the captain. And uh, we talked to him a little bit about that yesterday and uh, that he is the lone guy. It's It happens about once every 10 years or so that Duke will have a season with one captain. The last one to do it was Grayson Allen uh, three or four years ago, I guess it was now. Before that, it was DeMar- Demarcus Nelson had a year when he was the lone captain. Um, you know, I know when you did it, you weren't alone. You had you had uh, other people with you. So um, d- does that matter, you think, very much as a lone captain? Or, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on that part of it? Well, for me, I was still kind
0: of in my shell back then. Um, I didn't really do a lot of talking. Um, I led by example. But if I did have to talk, people knew that it had to be something serious that I was going to say. Um, because literally, I would not be that person. It would just it wasn't me. Where mm-hmm. I was just vocal all the time and everything. It got better from freshman year all the way up until senior year, obviously. But I wasn't that person. And JJ was that person. So JJ would come in kind of your face and confront you and things like that, whatever. That was just more of his personality. Mine was more like, you know what, I'm going to go and work hard, I'm showing you what I'm doing and I'm showing you by example, I'm leading by example. And then I would say things here and there to kind of help people out, you know, that type thing. But uh, being a lone captain, not me now, but me back then, I'm like, there's no way I could do that. But me now that I kind of got out of my shell a little bit more, I'm more of a, a personality, uh, than I was back then. I can see myself doing a little bit better job now, but back then, I I, I couldn't see myself doing that. That's uh for me. There have been a lot of pressure because of how I was back then.
1: Yeah, and uh, I can tell now you can do it, man. You got you got the swag. You got the you got the roll going, man. You, you're good. I'm gonna uh, get older. <laughs> right, right. And Jeremy, you know, we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Like, it's not you know in 2020. There were no captains. That was the pandemic year. It was very, you know, unusual team. And it turned out they only went 13-11. and 11. I mean, it was just an odd situation. Uh, last year, it was Wendell Moore and Joey Baker. So, uh, you know, Jeremy was around them. And he remembered, you know, when things got a little hairy on the court or in practice or something, people look to the captains. They're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. So you, you, they look to you, and you got to keep your mind straight and, and kind of straighten things out and all that. And um, so now that's Jeremy's job. And it's got, you know, he hasn't really been in that situation. So he's got to kind of learn, like, now he's got to do it. And and you don't really know you have to do it until the time comes and people look to you, right, because you haven't had a game yet. So um, I guess that's something we'll see as he he gets into the season maybe. Yeah, I I definitely think we're
0: going to see that. Um, Like I said in the last episode, the journey that left the season last year, that's a journey that I'm hoping that's going to be there all of this year coming up. So, with that being said, it'll be a little bit easier because one, he can lead by example. And then two, it might, because it's kind of a little bit of a big class, uh, freshman class, at the beginning of the season, it might be more like, you no, know, hey, what's going on with this spec? Um, you know, kind of just eyes wide open type thing. And then it might die down a little bit until ACC starts. And then all of a sudden, it becomes like you know an ordeal when you're on the road and going to let's say like you know the you know, you want to see you know game and things like that where it's a big, huge robbery game, and you're gonna see a lot more people like, you know, what to expect, what should I do when this happens, or when they're yelling this, or I'm having a bad game, and on top of that, you know, these things will start coming to play. Um, but I think if it's Jeremy that we saw at the end of last year, if he's there this year like that. I think he'd we'll be okay, and he'll be doing yeah. a good job of leading our our, our oppression.
1: Yeah, he handled himself very well at media day yesterday. We'll say all the interviews and stuff that you go through, and he and uh, and and Jake uh, was there, Jake Grandison was there too, so it State was Park. good. Jake from State Farm. <laughs> yeah. he needs to get an NIL deal. Right, right. But, <laughs> but him up. Um. One other thing that came out of Media Day yesterday uh, was, uh, you know, an update on on Dariq Whitehead and his broken foot, uh, uh, fractured foot, I guess is the phrasing. Let me make sure it's right. He had to have surgery on it back in August. He um, he's still not practicing full speed. He's not been cleared to to go ahead and and go. Uh, I think we talked a little bit last week about how at uh, uh, when practice first started, they they told us he got a good good report on his scans and everything, and. Uh, they they took him out of the boot and said, do some stuff on the court, um, not jumping or running, just kind of moving around and everything. A few days later, uh, he was back in the boot. Um, I don't know if he had some swelling or something, just minor little irritation. So they had to throw the boot back on. Uh, he's back out of the boot now uh, uh, for some things. And he's able to do a little bit more on the court, uh, Coach Shire, John Shire said yesterday. So um, here we are, you know, the, the season opener is three weeks from this coming Monday. And I think we're probably looking at. I don't. It doesn't sound like he's going to be ready for the for the opener because he hasn't practiced at all, right? So um, that that's going to be you know, unfortunately, if he misses the open against Jacksonville. I guess the first big game is is Kansas on the fifteenth, uh, up in Indianapolis. But uh, anyway, um, he's John Shire said he's going to be part of the ball handling rotation, right? With uh, with with um, Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach and. and uh, uh, Jalen Blake's to a lesser extent they need to so anyway in the meantime these other guys are getting work in the backcourt they're kind of moving on you know planning their team without Dariq for the for the time being so um I, I guess that's kind of a tough thing but uh how, how tough do you think it'll be for him to kind of you know ease back into things and I know it's a different coach now so I'm not asking you stuff the coach they did maybe but um I'm thinking Shire would do some of the same stuff but anyway just what are your thoughts on on Dariq and him coming back from that from that injury?
0: Yeah, for Derek, um, we all know that he's a talented uh, guy that came into Duke, you know, highly ranked in his class coming into Duke. Um, we know that he's a competitor because you wouldn't be that highly talented and ranked if he wasn't, if he, you know, a competitor. So the fact that he came into Duke and unfortunately had this small setback, of course he wants to be out there. Of course he wants to do more things. He sees, you know, his classmates doing things and, you know getting involved in the you know being in that activity and he's out here you know doing rehab and things like that for his foot and of course you know there's gonna be um uh, setbacks with the um the rehab process like you said with you know swelling going on and things like that but at the end of the day if i'm dorit i'm like you know what i'm looking at the blueprint of what aj griffin did last year you know yes. of course yes. AJ wouldn't be out there of course AJ was a big part of what Duke was last year but he wasn't there at the beginning he he trusted the Duke team to take care of his body listen to what they're doing and listen to what they needed him to do so if I'm to read I'm like I am looking at AJ Griffin where he worked his way back into the lineup then back into the starting lineup and had an amazing stretch from the middle all the way to the end and wind up being a lottery pick, you know? Yeah. If, if I'm, you know, Dorit, I'm like, yes, it's a downer right now, but if I'm looking at the overall process, I want that blueprint of what he just did last year. So, Deree, I'm telling you, it's down right now, but it's going to look up so fast. And you're going to be like, you know what? I'm glad I did not rush it. I didn't put myself in position to hurt myself, my team, whatever. And now I'm reaping from all the other benefits because I was listening to my body, listening to Duke, and making sure that I did what they told me to do to get better. And now I'm the second story of yeah. the AJ Griffin part two, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right it's it's not like we're talking about ancient history here it was just last year the same people were putting him through that and and i remember yeah aj wanted to come back and play and um and early on it took him a little bit to get going remember he wasn't as good in in november or december even when he was back playing as he was in january and february so that's just part of the deal and and when you have an injury you know you you have to work around it um told us i don't know if i mentioned this last week or not that he had he spoke to jason tatum uh, Jason was back uh, on campus before he went to training camp, you know, with, uh, with Boston and, you know, Jason had a foot sprain uh, that delayed his, you know, coming back. He didn't play at the start of that season, his, his year at Duke. Uh, but, uh, you know, ended up being a great player and and lottery pick NBA star. So Jerry uh, said that, that eased his mind a little bit. And then I'm sure AJ Griffin, they're bringing up the same thing about him. So yeah, it's going to be okay. Uh, you know it sucks he's not going to be there at the start but but it'll be fine and and by the time ACC ball gets here I would think uh, the way things are going he's making I, I called it my story today deliberate process it's a deliberate recovery it's not oh my gosh you know and and John Char yesterday said of course we want to have him back now we'd love to have him part of our rotation but you know got to got to worry about you know the long term right right exactly but at 18
0: 19 years old, I'm not sure if I'm gonna be as ready to hear <laughs> you know what I'm saying now as I am when I'm older, so it's it's yeah. it's always in the, the world when you're going through it, especially when you're younger. but then when you're looking back on the long process of uh, the long road ahead of your you know future um uh, n b a or professional career, you' like Wait. you know what that was a small blip of what I had to go through to enjoy the rest of my professional
1: career. Exactly right. So he'll be back. It was a, the idea is, you know, everything gears toward the NCAA tournament, right? So get correct, back by correct. then, everything going well. That's what it's for. And speaking of the NCAA tournament, a little segue for everybody there. Uh, one of the things that came up yesterday, media day also, at uh, the ACC event was the ACC commissioner said he's in favor of, it's time to expand the NCAA tournament. The SEC commissioners talked about that. The Big Ten commissioners talked about that uh, in different ways. I think the big SEC commissioner wanted to get rid of the automatic qualifiers. He didn't want all the little schools in there. That's not going to happen. Uh, the Big Ten and, and uh, Kevin Warren and Jim Phillips both were like, no, you can't mess with that. that. That's what makes it special, right, is that everybody gets in. So, But it sounds like they want to go to 96 teams, and right now we're at 68. Uh, the first thing they should probably do is, you know, right now you have the four teams in Dayton that get you from 64 to 68, right? The first four, they can have, and Mike Bray said this yesterday to us, Notre Dame coach, they can have three more Dayton's like in different parts of the different regions. So you don't have somebody win like Notre Dame won their game in the first four and had to fly to San Diego like overnight and Indiana had to fly, I think to Portland uh, when they won theirs. And that's hard. You can imagine how that'd be hard on the players. So if you have, you know, each of those in different regions, so then you're adding 12 more teams. Well that gets us up to 84. And so we're almost there, right? We're almost 96 at that point. So um I don't know. You know, you played in the tournament, obviously, you know, it's it's such a huge event. It's such one of the best events on the sports calendar every year, if not the best. And you have to be careful not to mess with it too much, but but I think more is probably better, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, it's the best sporting event. <laughs> That whole time frame, I put that over the NBA playoffs any day just because the emotion of Paul, the one done type players, the Cinderella teams, you know, people you never heard of that make that big you know, miracle stretch or just playing outside of their mind. You know, it's, just, it's a lot of factors that go into it. And you, you walk around, and you see everybody with the, the jerseys and the shirts and it's, it's a fun time to be able to watch basketball but to go yeah. back to what you were saying um it's kind of hard for me to picture it because i'm i'm a person that likes how it is just because how special it is and i know i'm looking at football college football and they are trying to put that um playoff system in, in place for the top I, I can't remember it's top eight
1: teams or They want to get to 12, I think. Right now they're at four. They want to expand it by eight to 12.
0: So the top 12 teams and things like that would And then they have their own, you know, playoff. And then you have the rest of the college football doing that. So I'm not sure how that's going to be. But the fact that they're kind of tinkering with that, it's almost like basketball is kind of looking to what they're doing and trying to see if that's going to be something that they need to do or not. But my question is, if you go up to 96 teams, are you trying to eliminate the playing game altogether? Or are you trying to do like Mike Bray was saying, have these many multiple playing games that are on the site for those teams that advance and advance to get ready for their first actual real game of the tournament? Is that, I'm not sure how the, the schedule works with that because honestly, I like the fact that you have almost like a play-in tournament before the actually tournament starts. It's kind of like a little appetizer before you get to, you know, the main, yeah. you know, dinner, you know, that type of yeah. thing. So, like I said, for me, I just can't see tinkering tinkering with it too much because let a thing that's already good and that's already working well keep it like that, you know?
1: Right, right, yeah. It, it's it's the golden goose. Like, you can't mess with it too much. And, and also about um, – People don't think about this, but my, my colleague Luke DeCock wrote it in the column this morning, and he mentioned to Jim Phillips, the idea of like the bracket being on one 8.5 by 11 piece of paper, people print that out in the office, you, you write it down. If we go to 96, I know this sounds like a small thing, but it's not going to fit. And people are, you know. <laughs> You're going to,
0: you to find the bag, but hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. center.
1: but <laughs> the first thirty-two teams on this side, and the other sixty-four right, on the other side. Right, uh, right, I mean, it's a small thing, but like you talk about marketing and stuff, it's you got to think about that. So, um, but if the other thing about sixty, if it, when it's sixty-four teams, after we have the first four and the play-ins, we get to the field of sixty-four. Right. Then you have to win six games to get to, to win the championship. Six games. So if it's ninety-six, you have to win seven games because you're adding one extra round. So I don't know, I, I, it sounds like, you know, we got the first four, um, we just have a first, like the first round would be maybe on like Tuesday and Monday or Tuesday and Wednesday of that week. And then you play and then, then you know, the next weekend. And then so you, you just had one extra round basically, right? So I don't know if it would all be, in, uh, I, I I don't know how they do it with travel. But anyway, that's not for me to figure out. So let me ask you this. Um, yeah.
0: you, said, you, you said that the um... – the commissioner of SEC was saying to get rid of all the small schools that went outright. Yeah. What, what was his suggestion Suggestion to actually, um, if he's going to take that away, what will he put in place of for that to happen? Like, because you can't take out small schools and just in general. So I'm trying to figure out what was his uh, resolution or solution to that?
1: His idea was it's on merit. There's no automatic qualifiers. So, if you don't have the right, used to be the RPI, or the, but the, now they call the net or the wins and all that. Even if you win your conference, like you're not guaranteed a spot. You have to, everybody would be an at-large. Mm. So that that would, you know, let's face it, that would screw the little guys that they wouldn't mm. get in. and So you'd have more 15 and 14 teams from the power conferences getting bids because yeah, they would yeah. have quality wins over. And, I, and let me just tell you, Universally, except for him, people don't like that. Jim Phillips didn't like it. Kevin Warren at the Big Ten didn't like it. That's what makes the March Madness special is St. Peter's, right? They wouldn't have gotten in last year.
0: Right, right. I mean, you, you, essentially, you just take away um, – like, you know, back when I was in school, like the, the George Washington's, the George Masons, you know, you know those yep. type schools, like the northern – I think it was northern Iowa – um, yeah, one year that came in, like you're getting rid of, like you said, uh, with um, the Florida schools and everything, it, yeah, you're getting rid of a really good story, and on top of that, it's really awesome just to see and witness, like, <laughs> whether you're part of it or not. Like, everybody, if you don't like basketball, or whatever, everybody literally can look at that as a success story and have a feel good moment watching that happen, where right. you have unpredictable moments, which make up the special <laughs> the process of it, March Madness tournament. That's the madness. Uh, that's like, <laughs> the madness.
1: <laughs> Otherwise, you like, no, just have a big uh, conference tournament just about everybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. right. So, yeah, that's not going to get off the ground. Thank God. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So, but anyway, so, um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I don't think it's going to happen. Like this year, obviously, it's going to take a little bit of time. And the TV contracts, obviously, there's money to be made there. You have more tournament games. There's gonna be more money. And that's what you know the conferences are all trying to do. And that's why they're trying to expand the football playoffs. So all comes yeah. down to the almighty dollar. Um, yeah. one other thing I want to talk about this week uh, before we go, uh, is you're one of the players with a retired jersey. Number 23 is hanging in the rafters. and your ceremony, is a fantastic day for you.
0: My um too.
1: There it is, <laughs> right there. Wow, <laughs> That's right. So Mark Mitchell, a freshman on this year's Duke team, is wearing number twenty-five, which is also in the rafters. It was worn by Art Haman, uh, uh, one of the first great uh, uh, Duke players in the '60s. Art passed away uh, ten years ago. Uh, so Duke allowed Mark Mitchell to to wear twenty-five this year. He's always worn twenty-five uh, growing up. It's been his number. He said you know, Jordan had 23, Kobe had 24, nobody made 25 special. I want to be that guy. Hey, good for you, man. You got the swag going, all that. Um, but Duke had a, uh, they, they did reach out to uh, a second cousin, uh, or something. And, and, you know, Art didn't have any kids and didn't have any living, you know, uh, close relatives. So, uh, they checked with him They checked with, uh, Jeff Mullins, uh, Steve Vesendak, I think talked about a little bit, maybe, um, uh, Bucky Waters was, uh, uh, coached Art Heyman back in the day. So, uh, they all said, uh, you know, I think it's okay. So they went ahead and did it. I'm just curious for your thoughts as somebody who has their Jersey retired, if they came to you and said, somebody wants to wear 23, um, uh, how would you feel about that? What do you think about Mark wearing arts arts Jersey this year? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's,
0: I think I have conflicting thoughts about it. Um, I'm thinking about my time when I played with Boston Celtics, and there are very limited good numbers to wear because mm-hmm. of the history of the Celtics' great players in the past. And I mean, you got like guys like you know, Blake Griffin who's wearing like number ninety-one. You know, it's, it's <laughs> random numbers and everything. Although he said he's going to uh, uh, pay homage to a Dennis Robin and everything, but literally like there's not that many good numbers left in the program or the history of, uh, uh, Celsius left, whatever. So, right. yeah, I'm thinking about it like that. Like, well, of course, but, you know, something that stream, I can see that happening where, because this pretty soon there won't be that many uh, numbers that, you know, play with anyway, but they would do, uh, you know, what is it? 13 of us. that are in the, in the rapids and everything. So still kind of a small scale. Um, although, we may not see another Jersey retirement. You're gonna, you're gonna graduate. A, yeah, for a long time. Yeah. So you got to sit here and be an all-American uh 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 player of the year type and yep. well, as well as graduate. So uh, it might not be something that's gonna happen for Duke in a long, long time and everything, but I don't I don't know, like the whole special part of putting blood, sweat, and tears into four years to get to that point that you are put that a position. To be one of those 13 guys, it's kind of like a special moment. Like, hey, this is what I did. This is what I can tell my daughter, like, hey, you know, this is my legacy right here. And then on the flip side is like, do I just shun all that away? Because a kid wants to wear a number that he's been wearing his whole life and come find out Duke winds up, you know, recruiting him and now he wants to be. Able to continue wear that same number, and is it more like you know paying homage to me, or is it more like this is what he wants to do because this is his number he's been playing with the last you know ten plus years. So like I said, it's, it's very conflicting for me because uh, like I said it's supposed be a special time, a special moment for that player, which caps off what you did for that organization, wherever it is, for the Boston Celtics or for Duke University you know, it caps off of what you did and that's your mark. And then yeah. you kind of open that back up again, kind of like, all right, well.
1: I guess it's not that special. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah, it's right, it's right? like right. So
0: all that time I spent and put myself in that position, is not really, you know, that special
1: anymore. Like, I don't, I don't right. know. So it's, it's very conflicting for me. It is. It's, I, I can tell. I can tell it is. And I, I'm sure it is. I know it's, conflicting within the program uh, of what to do, because, you know, like you mentioned the Celtics, I mean, baseball, the New York Yankees, uh, you know, there's all these iconic, and Duke is an iconic college basketball program, uh, you know, uh, on par with those type of schools, those type of organizations in pro pro, pro sports. Uh, you know, it's, would would Boston take down 33 if somebody wanted to wear it? Would they ask Larry Bird, hey, can somebody else wear your 33?" i don't think larry's yeah. gonna go for that yeah. <laughs> right and uh yeah. <laughs> and and art Heyman, you know as we is it, it, has been well documented was it was a feisty guy he was a feisty got in fights with carolina guys you know was, you know, uh picked was supposed to go to carolina and switched to duke and was really their first like superstar you know what i'm saying like i mean led him to the um, uh, to uh, uh, final four, all that kind of stuff, and, and became just a great uh, kind of help put Duke on the map, really, uh, 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 in the ACC. So he's an important guy, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. I think they're gonna have to come up, I know, I know they're gonna have an Art Heyman day, uh, at a game in, in February, uh, just to, to honor him. It's one of the agreements was like, okay, if we're gonna do this. We're also going to have a day where we celebrate his career and mention that, you know, uh, and so that so that Mark Mitchell knows what why it's special that he gets wow. to wear really this. You know, I, I, I think let's, that's let's awesome. not forget. I, 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 didn't know that, I didn't know that part, that
0: they're going to do that. But I think that's awesome for them to actually do something like that where they giving one, a kid that may not know much about that player and kind of say, hey, this is what you – these are shoes you're feeling right now putting on that jersey these are all the accomplishments that this guy has done in that jersey here on this court at this school you know like you no know, and then give it to, to the fans where like hey this is not just no average person whatever this is something that we need to let y'all know that he is he is this like you no know, he's a part of all of this you know right i think mean, that's awesome i didn't know that part but i think that's awesome
1: yeah, that's a good. I think was a good compromise. I really do. I think it's a good move for Duke to make. So, yeah. Um, so we'll see when that comes up. And uh, yeah, we'll see how Mark plays this year. He said, "I want to pay. I, I want to play up to the level of Art Heyman and what he did. And Art Heyman did a lot. He was a, a number one pick of the uh, of the Knicks uh, coming out of Duke. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that uh, uh, what he did at Duke kind of again put Duke on the map to where other kids want to come play there that maybe hadn't considered Duke before." As you got into the first final four they'd been in, so uh, that's important, and, and we'll see how it goes. So, um, yeah, we'll follow Mark this year and again. Watch, go ahead, yeah, yeah. I, I know about that part. I mean, it sounds similar to the Johnny Dawkins story, too. Like, you know, you have that's a right. lot of uh
0: great uh all Americans coming out of high school that choose Duke at the time, and all of a sudden we have Johnny Dawkins that commits to Duke and comes out, and then he's kind of the person that starts it off for the future years at Duke and all Americans coming in like, oh yeah, like this is, you know, a school that we need to consider. And, you know, Coach K, you know, solidify his name. And right. that, that story kind of reminds me of that. So I didn't know that about Art Heyman, but that story kind of reminds me of the Johnny Sauc- da- Dawkins, how his start came to Duke as well.
1: Right. It was 60 years ago. And like you said, Mark Mitchell needs to be educated on it. And he has been because it's long time before anybody and Art didn't have a great NBA career and some injuries. So, uh but but yet you know what he did was was a trailblazer in many ways and uh came out of new york city so that kind of started that national recruiting for duke uh it can't be forgotten it's, it's more than more than just the numbers and the production he did and what the production he did was unbelievable he was uh you know uh, national player of the year that kind of stuff so anyway we'll we'll, we'll follow that story as it goes forward i think it's going to be something to follow this year for sure but uh anyway so they'll that that will take care of this week's episode um uh the believe in duke podcast thank everybody for listening uh please uh follow us uh uh wherever you get your podcast uh spotify apple whatever uh, google podcast we're all there um sheldon next week this time we'll be getting ready for uh countdown to craziness the first countdown to craziness after uh coach shesoski retires coach shires first countdown to craziness head coach uh, always a special night on campus, so we'll be looking forward to talking about that.
0: Definitely, yes. And then, like you said,
1: three more weeks, and then all of a sudden, the
0: first uh, real game, you know, starts up and everything. So but, uh, uh, stick with us. Uh, continue uh, listen to, uh, are, uh, listening to where you are. Listen to your podcast, and uh, have a good week.